0: Which I don't see happening. Um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save over forty percent off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a Headgum podcast. Fake the Nation, episode
1: 350.
0: Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we have a little chuckle at the notion that Chris Christie is flirting with a run for the White House. I am your host, Aguine Farsad, and Chris Christie, I just think you're not going to be president. Like, let it go. Um, cut to he totally wins the presidency And I'm so wrong and we replayed This clip of me saying that he's not going to be president For the rest of my life Well today we're going to talk about how pissed The French are We're also going to ask if Peak TV is now trough TV And finally we'll dip into the cultural grab bag To find news about anchors in Mississippi And peanut butter I am so excited by today's panel Oh my god you have no idea how excited I am um, First up for the first time I'm so excited to have her She's so delightful I've, I've just I've had a taste of some of her work and it's so great she's host of the podcast Fogo which is fear of going outside and she's the most reluctant host of a nature show which I love which kind of describes me as a New Yorker who also reluctantly goes into nature but then loves it but doesn't know what to do about it it is the wonderful Ivy Lee hey Ivy
2: oh thank you so much for having me I love your show so much
0: Oh my god, so excited that you're here. And also, joining us is uh I mean one of my favorite comics of all time. Also, my husband's all-time favorite comic for the record. Oh. <laughs> I and it's uh and um and he's on tour right now. So you should absolutely go see him live. I mean, obviously. What are you doing? Go to toddberry.com to catch the amazing Todd Berry. Hey, Todd.
3: Hey, how you doing?
0: You know, Todd and I also run into each other sometimes at a local coffee shop. And uh, and again, my husband is never with me when this happens, even though my husband also lives near this local coffee shop. And uh, <laughs> he's just jealous about the number of times I get to personally interact with Todd Berry that he does not get to do. So, um, you know, there, he, this is just yet another one of those moments of jealousy in our marriage that I lord over him. <laughs> um, let us, uh, before we get into the show, I just want to remind listeners that you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash that is where we have the just the the, the wackiest of bonus episodes. Um, that's where the panel just kind of really loosens their ties, you know, because <laughs> otherwise they're so buttoned up on Fake the Nation, um, and they really they really just go nuts. So go to patreoncom slash Forsad for as little as four dollars a month, you can support the show and get free episodes. All right, let's get into it with topic number one. So, you guys, France is in le merde! They are super pissed because the retirement age is going from 62 to 64. It's a mere two-year difference, and it has virtually shut down the country. I mean, la Tour Eiffel, le Louvre, I mean, they're all closed. At first, I thought it was kind of funny, but shit has gotten even violent over there. They've deployed 13,000 officers to Paris. There's garbage everywhere because sanitation workers aren't working. It's literally a shit show. Um, I guess, um, Ivy, my first
2: question is to you. Are you surprised that the French are reacting this way to uh, a policy change? I just have a quick question. What is retirement? I know.
0: This is why this is such a funny... Conversation for Americans because I didn't, I wasn't clear on our retirement age, and there are twenty-five-year-olds in these protests. It's not like it's all sixty-year-olds protesting.
2: <laughs> well, I think it's it's a it, for for me, I I love it, right? I'm an elder millennial. I'm a big Gen Z stan. Uh, whenever there's an activist that comes in and, and wants to preach nonviolence, and I'm like, what what's the compromise? Can it just be like a little bit of violence? <laughs> like how much is how much is like a good kind of middle of the road, moderate amount of violence, right, that, that we can use? Because if it didn't work, the police wouldn't keep using it, right? But I, I think for them, it's a, it's, it's actually deeper than, deeper than that. It's a, Macron went around Parliament, went, went around their normal yeah. uh, constitutional process, and I think 25 year olds are in on it because this isn't, this isn't the first time that something like this, uh, uh, an infringement on workers' rights has happened, and they're, they, they can see very clearly that it's a slippery slope and it's gonna end up being much worse by the time they get to their 60s
0: I mean so Todd are mm-hmm. you like are you like me did you have to look up the American retirement age like did you already just know it
3: I d- I'm gonna guess it's 65. Okay,
0: right. So here, I'm going to give you guys the real, I'm just going to tell you what it is, because I truly had to look it up as I was like, it's 65, right? But the full retirement age is 66. If you were born from 1943 to 1954, the full retirement age increases gradually if you're born from 55 to 60 and um, until it reaches 67. So I think by the time any of us retire, it will not be 65, it will be closer to 67, which is a full three years after uh, the the policy change that macron is putting in at 64 um right so we are we are looking at 67 and y- the maximum retirement benefits that you can get in the united states is 3627 in france you get 75% of your like previous retire your previous to retirement wage so if you were making let's just for simple math a hundred thousand dollars you would get seventy five thousand dollars
3: so that's is, there's no cap to that like if you're make a million dollars a year you that might
0: 75- see this is my understanding i mean that white collar people basically retire very comfortably there because i mean I, i'm i'm not sh- it from what i understand the, the cap is either very high or non-existent but yes
2: well, I think we we not we we have our caps because we don't tax our billionaires, so yes. they're able to fund their own <laughs> retirements. But like, what about comics? So like, would I even in France would would I just never be able to retire as a comic because I don't have a steady wage?
0: So I, this is a really great question. I bet you they have a th- situation. Right. I bet you they have some sort of like artist category and they take some sort of average of your wages and they work it out. You know what I mean? I don't I don't think uh, they're suffering.
3: Do they count your merch money?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, government doesn't even know about my merch money. So like we can't count that.
0: First of all, that's lure merch money. And then second of all, um, Ivy, you are just committing tax fraud on Fake the Nation. I believe this is a first.
3: (laughs) I'm like Ivy, Um, I declare everything. (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's a
2: bit it's a bit
0: (laughs) (laughs) but here's here's the thing I I do want to say that Macron he did sort of shove this through past the traditional processes and that's part of the reason why people are real pissed but also the French are living longer they have a very high life expectancy I think it's like 86 or something and um, it's like higher than the United States and they also can't afford to not do anything now a lot of like macron's advisors are like well there's you know the economic advisors are saying that there's smaller incremental things that he could be doing this is just kind of this is pretty big um do you agree i mean do you think the french would just be pissed by by any of it or do you think they could have just done something white collar i mean how serious are the french about their retirement for for even the rich people I mean, I don't think it's the rich people
2: burning trash piles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's, that's probably that's probably true. I mean, what? It, so, are you sort of? I I gotta be honest. I'm sort of jealous that the French are even caring about their retirement age. Like the fact that I had to Google it, I'm I'm rather embarrassed that I didn't have a clear understanding of what our retirement age is. They could be changing it today, and I would have no idea. Um, what does that say about our, the differences, you know, in in these two countries with respect to your golden
3: years? Ivy, what do you think?
2: I think you're a lot closer
3: to him <laughs> than, than me. Oh, <laughs> wow! I, oh, is this roast I, battle? Oh, my God. No, no,
2: I, I don't think I have. I don't think I'm going to have golden years. I think I'm going to be on OnlyFans at age 74 trying to pay my
3: electric bill. <laughs> I will say um, it was my birthday on Friday. And I
2: oh, fi- hey, Aries.
3: I turned 59. Am I allowed to curse? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 59 motherfucking years old. And uh, wow. I can't imagine. I like retirement, just doesn't seem like it. I can't even imagine retiring.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it seems for you, boring. it's just literally, it's like seven years, six or seven years away for you, right? I know. So- I mean, And I mean, technically, obviously, the other thing that the United States does and probably something they could do in France without a lot of protest, if you retire later, you're rewarded with with higher benefits. So Uh, your max benefit, if you retire. So here's so, Todd, let me give you some some tips. Um, If you retire at age 70 in in 2023, your maximum benefit would be four thousand five hundred fifty five dollars. A month but then if you retire at 65 uh your max is two six three thousand six hundred and twenty seven so you're rewarded with with more about a thousand dollars more if you if you wait
3: here's a dumb question but if i literally do I have to literally stop working to get that 4000 a month
0: I know that's my other question and I am All so right. if anyone from the social security department is listening to this podcast which I know we have so many fans at the old social security administration um but if they're listening like does anyone ever really stop work like my dad is still working my parents are both still kind of working like I don't know I don't know anyone who's like just totally fully retired <laughs> you know what I mean I, I, I,
3: I I mean, I'd hate to see that. Like the IRS come up to me when I'm seventy, like Todd. We heard you did a bar show on the Lower East Side, and you got twenty dollars. So <laughs> you have to write us check for forty-five thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, no, you you can't. I think I think that's I think that's like the the levels of cultural translation we have to do to understand what's going on in France. I think what it is just just makes me really sad about our state. It's that. We can't even imagine being able to retire at all. And that and the reason why we cannot mount a protest for labor in that way is because we can't stop working long enough to organize. Do you know, it, it, it just kind of it's like a snake kind of eating its tail. And, yeah. and it's it's maddening because we're the one Americans we made revolution cool. Do you know? And I have, I don't want I'm Vietnamese, like we kicked the France, the French out of our country. We were like, get the fuck out of here. Leave your baguettes. Boy, bye. Okay. And I don't have, I don't, ha- don't want to have any natural love for the French, but it's like, as an American, we, they started the French revolution because we were able to win our revolution. And now they're just like still doing it. And right. we're just <laughs> not.
0: Revolutions were trendy then, uh, and they continued the trend. I, ha- so listeners know this, but I don't know if you guys know, I lived in Paris for a period of time in my life. And I
2: could tell by the way that you talk, actually.
0: Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's just, it's in my elegance, really. And um, when I, one of the things that happens in France is like, you don't talk about work like it's just not a thing that you talk about all the time and Hmm. what you do talk about all the time is the trip you just went on and then the trip you're about to go on so that's the conversation like if you go to the bar and you're like trying to flirt with someone or whatever you don't say like what do you do you kind of say like what's your next trip or something you know like that was my experience as um, of of lady flirting in bars (laughs) and striking up conversations with strangers the Um, the French just don't it's work is not your identity. And so for Macron to even add two years of a thing that they don't believe is their identity, you know, I, 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 I'm sort of like unsurprised by how shocking this is to people. Um, I also think that, you know, um, Macron, who I guess is 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 seen as like not the mo- the the greatest political operator. Like he kind of doesn't give a shit. Like that he's that uh, that all of this is erupting. And That's the other weird, interesting thing is like he doesn't care. He's like this needs to be done, and I'm gonna be the one that does it. And I don't care if everyone hates me. And it's such a because, strange position
2: because he's about to retire from politics yeah, at yeah, yeah. age sixty one. <laughs> <laughs> he's giving so he them seventy five percent of presidential checks.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is uh, I'm I'm just fascinated to see how uh, what happens to France and if they will ever get the garbage off the streets. Um, but, you know, either way, vive la France. Uh, well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will continue to talk about television.
2: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we are back and
0: we're ready for topic number two. So we read a piece by Sam Adams for Slate titled, Peak TV is Over. Welcome to Trough TV. And as you may have heard, we're doing a Succession recap pod here on Fake the Nation. Uh, so subscribe to Fake the Nation and in your feed you will see these, these Succession recaps that drop every Monday. And I highly recommend that you do. So far we've we've done one and it is so, so fun to talk about billionaires. Um, <laughs> so tune in. But Succession is in its final season, which made me really sad. And it got me to thinking about TV, where we are with it and its general quality, um, and, and I saw this article. And one of the things that kind of transformed our relationship with TV is obviously the pandemic. So before we get into what the article, the crux of the article, um, tell me, since the pandemic has been whatever phase we're in, kind of over-ish, has your relationship with TV changed?
3: I, watch, I watched a crazy amount of TV during the first wave of the pandemic, yeah. Like I even kept a list. I don't know why I obsessively kept a list of what my pandemic shows. And I couldn't believe how much Wait, TV I was, was it?
0: Was it? Did you keep it in like a really cute little handwritten diary? Or what nah, was this? Nah, nah. What did this list look like?
3: It, it was an Evernote list. I hate to... Okay, gosh. Gotcha. It wasn't okay. leather... No, I didn't leather-bound. It <laughs> a leather-bound list saying that I watched Better Call Saul or something. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, I watched like an alarming amount of TV because I never was one of those people who like sits back like, I don't know how much. I didn't know... I never know. I've never watched Game of Thrones. There's like... Shows oh, wow. I've never, okay. But I mean, this... During the early first stage of the pandemic, I was like looking up like Luxembourgian detective series. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if it's Luxembourg again is the right way to say that. But I mean, just Belgian show about a jury in Belgium. I mean, I was watching <laughs> everything. So, well, uh, you
0: watched that stuff, but you did not watch Game of Thrones.
3: <laughs> exactly. Wow, you guys, you guys are giving me a beating on this one.
0: Dude, this fucking old guy didn't watch Game
3: of Grandpa, Thrones. <laughs> just kidding. Grandpa can't watch Game of Thrones. It was on too late. Uh, too much
2: nudity. Yeah. Too much
0: news so okay so so at the height of the pandemic, you watched a shit ton of Belgian television and then since then, what has happened like since the world picked up and travel has picked up, what has happened with your relationship to TV?
3: Oh I watch I watch way less now I just kind of throw the news on in the background and I will watch I will watch an occasional documentary or something but and an occasional movie, but I'm not like, what am I watching today? You know, it's not So like you a, it's basically not a...
0: resorted to your pre-pandemic ways.
3: Yes, yes.
0: Ivy, where are you at with your TV relationship?
2: I think Chernobyl came out during the pandemic. And oh, after yeah. Chernobyl, I basically could not watch anything that wasn't comedy ever again. Oh, man. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, but I I you know, T V now I for a little while, I think until recently, kind of what you're talking about is trough TV and all of these mergers and acquisitions and shows just getting wiped out of existence. I was starting to get into TV again. I had these the nineties, like my big influences were like in living color, you know, TGI Fridays, like Family Matters and Boy yes, Meets World. Yes. And, you know, all I learned how to speak English by watching PBS and MTV, which yeah. explains so much about the way that I talk now and <laughs> speak English now, you know. So I love T V growing up, but for basically I don't know, about 20 years, I guess, in the early aughts, uh, around the early aughts, it kind of all that kind of stuff fell off. MTV stopped showing, you know, didn't you was really experimenting with formats and other shows were just like not that compelling to me. And so recently I've gotten really into these kind of niche shows like Our Flag Means Death, which is just like, the, the premiere is yeah, going to be, like, a show. big queer holiday for us. Uh, Southside, uh, about the south yeah. side of Chicago, right? So joke-dense. Um, and international stuff, like Singles Inferno and just just really great new takes on reality television. So I've gotten super into TV and this idea that now things – I finally let go of my DVD player – and now I'm, like, super regretting it because now all these shows that I love, I may not be able to to keep anymore in, like, a solid form because, you know, they, they can kind of just do whatever they want to them now.
3: You know, DVD players are, like, $11. <laughs> but
2: a lot of these shows aren't being released on DVD. Oh, I see
3: what you're saying. Okay.
0: No, yeah, yeah, true, true. But um, by the way, I still have a DVD player, but the remote control broke. Like, it's not even a battery issue. It just doesn't function anymore. So now I'm in this awkward situation where I'm like, do I go get a universal remote? Do they even still? Anyways, stupid. But so uh, just to to update you guys on my relationship to TV, the question on all our minds, um, I... I don't, I you know, I have a child, so, like, I used to actually watch a shit ton of TV before the kid, and then the kid sort of changed my relationship to TV um, by necessity, but I love television, like, and I grew up on television, and like you, I'm pretty sure that I learned English um, in those early years from, like, Mr. Rogers, and from, like, I Love Lucy reruns or whatever, like, that's how I, you know, um, which is why I speak English Show. like this. Right, totally, The Cosby Show, all that stuff, so... So I but I, I think, um, you know, I do I did watch more during the pandemic. Um, and now that things are back, it's like I'll take any opportunity to leave my home. So mm-hmm. I don't like I don't feel, like I don't love like TV was really just the thing that I was doing because I couldn't leave my home. It wasn't um, the leaving the home part is just way more exciting for me. So I do feel like when 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 all these shows started coming out, by the way, in 2015, just to give you an example of what we're talking about with peak peak TV, in 2015 there was 370 scripted shows, but in 2022 there was 599 scripted shows, of which I can name like 10 or something, right? I mean, that's there are so many, and so many fell through the cracks for so 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 many people to get noticed to get attention became so difficult because people like you know me. We're like, well, I'd rather go outside. Um, Now, the premise of the piece is basically that the the transition to streaming was supposed to usher in this, quote, bottomless variety and infinite availability of television. Um, So hence, people like Ivy throwing out their DVDs. What's happening now is that these algorithmic insights and, quote, old school showbiz wisdom is is giving us a flood of IP extensions that may not be awesome, like a lot of true crime stuff, a bunch of Yellowstone spinoffs, a bunch of Star Wars, a bunch of Marvel, a bunch of things that, like, it just seems like reliable IP Um and, it, and the and maybe the quality isn't great and they're not as interesting and they're not as um innovative um so do you i mean do you feel like Ivy the stuff that's coming out now is just like less fun less interesting
2: i think there is lots of stuff that's like not fun and interesting and unlike you i the pandemic taught me that oh i absolutely do not need to go outside i literally hate (laughs) going outside and i can just stay in my home forever but the alternative if the tv isn't good is tiktok so i think what's going to happen is yeah i think the quality is going to go down But just like millennials killed cable, if they don't if they don't keep the weird stuff, the fringe stuff, the underrepresented stuff, you know, Losa Spookies, which is an incredible show, like got canceled. If they're not going to keep that stuff around, if they're going to go for, quote unquote, mass market, which is in itself a very specific demographic, they're going to find that Gen Z is going to kill streaming services. Because the other weird thing is like, Todd,
0: I don't even know if you're familiar with this. Whole like shows, then go to something like to Tubi, and yeah. then Tubi mm-hmm. is a whole thing that I don't fully understand. I mean, have you ever used those kind of alternate streaming thingies?
3: I think I, I feel like I've watched something on Tubi, but it is one of those things where it almost seems suspicious. Like, why is this free?
0: Right, <laughs> I know.
3: <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Sixty ads, but it's also jarring to see. Like, I think I have a the commercial version of Hulu. And it's a little weird to watch a Shark Tank rerun and see a commercial. I mean, you watch Hulu to not see commercials, but...
2: I I also get ads on Hulu, which is weird because I pay for it. But what's also really weird is is Hulu thinks I'm black. And so all of my ads, and I know that is because all of my ads have have people of color in them, which is a very unusual TV viewing experience.
0: (laughs) Oh, right, because the algorithm can specialize its ads for you. Uh, yeah, that's so that's so funny that Hulu thinks you're black. Um, I I actually am um, not to brag, but I don't have the ad supported version of Hulu. I pay Whoa. for. The price. Yes, money bags over here,
2: and-, <laughs> and you guys go to the same coffee shop. I uh,
3: know she buys she buys a large. I buy a small.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's definitely I what see. happens. Um, I mean, so one of the things that I like, for example, one of the things that has happened recently is they're removing Arrested Development from Netflix. So I think that's part of the thing with the the DVD of it all is Arrested Development is being taken off Netflix. Three of those seasons are probably going to be available somewhere, like a 2B type situation. But there were two seasons that were made just for Netflix. And if Netflix, the place that was housing all of it, isn't gonna the and and the place that made those two seasons is not gonna have a rest of development anymore where do you get your it's like unclear if you'll ever just see those things um and also knowing that i have done a mad dash of like trying to watch as much arrest development as i can like when i'm getting ready in the morning or whatever because it is one of the be- one of the greatest comedies uh of all time but uh there's that's a weird thing that happens is like these passionate fan bases made it so that a lot of shows like arrested development went from you know getting killed on a network to coming back alive on on netflix and now getting killed by netflix um it's it's just it's a weird it's a weird feeling do you have any kind of like i don't know attachment to any of these streamers like do you ever feel like don't talk about hbo max like that <laughs>
3: whatever I'm, I have- I'm definitely like that about hbo max
0: Specifically I, I, really get, I get
3: crazy defensive If someone attacks HBO Max No, I uh, <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny To be really obsessed with HBO
2: No, I, I, I'm i really attached To any streaming services Where I have signed A non-disparagement clause And in a contract with them No I, <laughs> In exchange for In exchange for development Or working on one of their shows No, I have an attachment To not having to create Another secure password
0: Oh that is, my god, <laughs> yes
2: so that's why I'm kind of entrenched. Like, all my friends are like, oh, you know, I, I have some friends who are on shows on Apple TV. And I'm like, the TikTok clips about it are great. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a great job. But I just don't have that kind of, I just don't have that kind of money to, to pay for every single Yeah, like, I,
0: it's funny because now every time I go to a new doctor or whatever, like, or even an old doctor, they have a new portal. There's something portal, the word portal, right. portal, portals. And I, every time the word portal comes up in my day, it, I mean, I, tr- it's like a year gets shaven off my life. I just can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't handle it. I can't handle the portals. Please it's never. Like, right,
2: you remember the password, but then you forget your child's first word. Like it always has yeah. to replace a, another core exactly. memory.
3: But have you exactly. have you signed into Netflix on at a hotel where you can use your laptop to sign in and then watch it on the TV?
0: Um, there has been moments where I've signed That's into thrilling. Netflix at a. I've tried to sign into Netflix at a hotel. I could not figure out the password, and then I was like, "I guess I'll just watch CNN headline news then." You know um. I mean? Like I, it, it gets me. It gets me so upset that I can't figure out passwords and the idea of resetting, and I just like, I just can't do it. So then I just suffer through whatever. Um, I travel.
2: I I travel with my own HDMI cable so that I don't have to log in because you know, comics are on the road all the time. So I can just plug it into my iPad and everything. Everything's already logged in, and I just directly port it over. to Whoa! The I, yeah, that's I another level. You,
0: I know. I some, know, I know some people that. that travel with their little like Roku's, which also feels like a. I mean, they're small, so it's not like a big huge deal. But still. Um, all right, well, folks, I am curious to know if what you think about the status of television. Uh, my, you know, it's interesting because, like, there's a gender-wise, it's supposed to be women who love true crime, um, and in this family, it is my husband who loves true crime. So he's been having a field day with all of the various documentary, true crime documentaries, uh, and I hate them. Like, I have no interest in true crime documentaries. You, you're
2: not worried. You're not worried that your husband is watching all these shows about, um, what not to do when you murder your right, wife. Right.
0: Right. Is he planning, is he planning <laughs> my murder? Is he looking at the Murdoch, uh, yeah. like documentary to see what it, what mistakes he made? Yeah. This they're is like a really tu- great question.
3: They're like tutorials for him. maybe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, All right, folks, let me know. Are you how are you feeling about PTV? And is it over for you? And is it in the trough? And are you sad about things that have been just full on deleted, um, like Arrested Development or Westworld, which I thought was wild? um, And uh, hit me up with all of your thoughts. All right. Let us move on to topic number three. Let's dip into the cultural grab bag. First up, Barbara Bassett has been a TV anchor at a local station in Mississippi for 20 years. And On a recent episode, she quoted Snoop Dogg by saying, for shizzle, you know, his famous uh, catchphrase. Um, and she was talking about Snoop Dogg's new wine collection, which first of all, Snoop Dogg has a wine collection like I a- had no idea. Um, but it turns out that Bassett didn't know what his phrase actually meant so right afterwards she was fired. Now, I don't know. I, what did you think of this story?
3: I think that, I mean, can't isn't there some sort of space between she made this mistake that I would have made and she doesn't get to work anymore? It seems a little <laughs> ridiculous. Can't she be like, hey, I don't know if you know this but that means this and then, oh shit, I didn't realize I meant that and then, she does a fake apology and then let her live her life. I mean, I'm, I mean, I wonder if Snoop Dogg would be happy about this. He'd probably be, he probably wouldn't want her fired. I think getting someone fired over that is ridiculous.
0: I mean, hasn't Martha Stewart said it like a hundred times already? Like I'm sure, you know, that there's,
2: it's. I, I don't think Martha I don't know. Stewart Ivy, ever think? says, I think Martha Stewart will say faux shizzle. And I think, I think here's the thing is I don't think anybody cares that she said it. I don't think Snoop cares. The people who fired her were white media executives. All right, like People of color were not offended that she right. said that in that yeah. context when you watch that clip. However, however, also watching the clip, as a woman of color who has worked in a lot of white-dominated spaces, I guarantee you that this woman was somebody who microaggressed the people of color on the staff All the time, and they are so glad that she has finally gone. And they are sad that it's for Mm. this. I'm sure she's done much worse, but you could just that vibe is like, oh, she is just a really annoying, old, ignorant white woman to be around all the time. (laughs) So I'm sure that this is not her only transgression. It's just the only one that was public enough for white executives to understand and just not want to have to deal with it. And that's why she was fired
0: but also i you know i totally agree it, sound, it felt very much like you know mafia people going down for taxes like that's what it like, you know it's obvious like they are they're, they're going down for murder but we can't call it that um we don't have the the you know the evidence uh, so this kind of felt like, oh, well, here we go. This is a fireable offense. Let's let's do it. Uh, it's been a couple years in the making.
2: She would not think that she is racist. Right. But you can kind of see that the young, like, even her co-anchor, the younger one, was just, like, rolling his eyes. Like, oh, my God, there she goes again. You know, <laughs> she has that just, like, every reporter, young reporter, every reporter of color that she interacts with, they're just like, ah, oh, this bitch.
0: My other thing was like, oh, maybe she was fired just because nobody should say that 20 years later. Like it had its moment, that kind of Snoop Dogg's language or whatever, like had its moment in the early aughts. And now it's just like, uh, it's just old. Um, I actually think 80% of people don't know what that means. I didn't know
3: what it means. Right. I did.
0: (laughs) I did. I, I knew what it meant. However, I've heard so many people say it that I... For for whatever reason, my my mindset kind of disassociated from whether or not it's okay to say it. Like as I read the piece, I was like, "Oh, I can see someone making that mistake because we've heard this stupid line so 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 many times. It sounds like someone saying, you know, coffee cup. Like it just sounds like whatever. You know what I mean?" It's disassociated from the thing that is horrendous about it. Let us move on to another issue in the cultural grab bag, which is that the TSA says that peanut butter is a liquid. Now, we are all avid travelers as comedians. Um, My first question is, who's traveling with a pint of Jiffy these days? Uh, But my second question is, uh, do do you agree with the TSA about the viscosity of peanut butter?
3: Oh, I talk about this a lot. (laughs) Uh, We defer to your
2: expertise, Todd.
3: I agree with you. I feel like Peanut butter is one of those things. Like, if you said, "Hey, I want peanut butter. I'm going to Columbus, Ohio, and I'm going to want some peanut butter," just assume they could they sell it somewhere there and bring three dollars, and you'll be fine. But I did they single out peanut butter?
0: I mean, peanut butter was the sole purpose of this one, you know, this one tweet,
3: and oh, it was wow. something
0: like cause I didn't know. Also, if you guys knew this, but the TSA tries to be sort of like funny on Twitter. Um, and they said something like, you're going to be, you might not be nuts about this, but we're uh, getting, you know, t- peanut butter is a is a liquid. So wow, TSA um, social
2: media coming after our jobs.
3: It. Joke's on them because peanut's <laughs> not really a nut, is it?
2: Is it a sprout? What is it?
3: I think it's a, isn't it a legume? Maybe. I don't know. I should have had, I should have had the full knowledge before I shot my mouth
0: Yeah. Off it it, yeah, it yeah, is yeah, a legume. Yeah.
3: It is a legume, okay.
0: Uh, which is what? So, what is the TSA position on legumes? <laughs> Are legumes now liquid? Uh, and my other question is, if you took a frozen block of peanut butter,
3: mm, on, little workaround, could
0: you know what I mean? You can take it, or can you take a frozen block of water? You on can,
2: because that's the mom trick—is where you freeze your breast milk. So you could take it on board and then hopefully it melts at the same rate that your kiddo gets hungry. Can I also
0: just tell everybody another mom trick, which is that all you have to do is say that water is for my – because my I literally just did this the other day flying back from, from a spring break trip with my kid. Um, and I she had a wa- bottle of water and I just said to the guy, you know, that bottle of water is for my kid. And he said, okay. And they let it go through. So if something is like a liquid that you need for your child, you're allowed to take that in.
3: You'd be like, I spread peanut butter all over my baby, so I, I kind of <laughs> need to
0: bring <spread> this. <laughs> I kind of need that. My yeah, child
2: yeah. has an allergy against not peanuts, and that- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> against <laughs> having peanut butter.
0: So uh, so Joe, do that. Okay, so here is the last item in the cultural grab bag. Um, schools are still tracking weights like at, at school. Like so when I was a kid, once a year, we would line up and get weighed, um, and our arms would be pinched for BMI. and everyone saw the scale, which I thought was traumatizing. Um, and everyone saw the teacher moving the fucking block and it you know, and it was a nightmare. and they still do this should they stop doing this?
2: I don't think it's that traumatizing because I have an Asian mom, so and I almost died in a sleeping bag, getting stuck in a sleeping bag on the REI sales floor trying to figure out how to go camping in season one of my show. And I have been called (laughs) fat since I was four years old and then forced to eat everything on my plate, right? So I don't think it's that traumatizing. However... It's not – BMI is trash science. So if if we were doing – if we were collecting this data for public health, like for science, I would be all for it. But, like, I think science is illegal now. So what is the point?
1: That's (laughs) weird
3: because I don't recall ever – when I went to school, I don't recall, like, yearly weigh-ins ever. You – wait, really? Yeah, I definitely don't remember any BMI tests.
2: Wait, so Um, – I don't think they had BMI yet.
3: Only when I became a, a heavyweight boxer did I find out about what it was <laughs> yeah. like to do. Weighing. Weight
2: <laughs> class. Yeah. Back then, it was only for boxers.
3: <laughs> um, but, yeah. I, I, why do they weigh? Why are they weighing people?
2: I mean, I guess they're trying to, like, you know, because
0: I think the idea is, and by the way, there, this isn't – um, uniform around the country. It happens in various different ways depending on the school district, whatever. So my school district very seriously did this. They They put us in the line. They did it in front of everybody. Everybody knew the number. And I think that was a particularly cruel version of it, the one that I experienced. Um, I mm-hmm. think in, in some other ones, maybe they kind of do the weight part or the number part a little bit more quietly so not everybody knows or something. I Either way it is, isn't it's it's a it's a moment for all the young girls to feel horrible because uh, which is funny because they already felt horrible because they saw magazines. So it doesn't matter. Uh, and then they serve just... you uh,
3: they serve you tater tots and thick pizza in the uh, cafeteria.
0: <laughs> and they're <laughs> exactly, like yeah. exactly exactly. I can't like, well, believe why I just used you... the term
3: thick pizza. What is weird. <laughs>
2: And then they're like I don't understand the argument that they have that you know these weigh ins encourage bullying. When I was growing up, we didn't have to know your exact weight to bully you. Right.
0: That's also true.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We would just bully you, you know? (laughs)
0: Yeah. But I think the idea, I mean, born I think out of a good I think it's born out of something like if a kid is overweight we should know and their parents should know this information should get back to their parents and then something should be done about it Um, but they have
2: like I think their parents know right if your parents are calling you Gordo like they know
0: <laughs> and they also found that B- BMI tracking in California schools, in particular where I grew up, show no health improvements as a result of these programs. So it's sort of like knowing the number oh. or not <laughs> knowing the number has not affected a kid's right. outcome in that. Because
3: Doritos still taste great regardless of whether they weigh you or not.
0: Yes, <laughs> exactly. The the sick pizza still tastes, uh, you know. Yeah, I
3: think the, oh man. Uh... <laughs> Now I want Doritos. Shit.
2: It's like your parents already know that they can't afford healthy food for their kids. And then just getting a note home about the thing you already know. I, I just don't imagine that that's helping anybody. <laughs> like the like the underlying problem is not that people don't know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah,
0: we, we have a pretty good idea by, by such things as everything we hear about in culture. Like, we have a pretty good idea,
2: everything we hear and see. Yeah. Um, okay. I think the thing – you sent around that article and it said the CDC has these guidelines where the CDC, CDC says, if you're one of the states or district that does this, here are some guidelines so that you don't psychologically mess up your students. And I'm sitting there reading this like, wait – so the CDC is not getting this data. The American Pediatric Association is not getting this data. Like, no one's getting this data. So what yeah. is the point? What are they doing it for? Yeah. The
3: assistant principal, the vice principal is getting it. Making, <laughs> just... making a spreadsheet.
2: And that's how they remember. That's like that. it ends up in your student ID, just walking around like, hey, how's it going? 193, what'd you have for breakfast? <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of the teachers actually pointed out um, that they don't like the practice, so they make up the numbers and send randomly made-up numbers to the district, and nothing has ever happened to them because nobody even really looks at them. <laughs> Again, God bless well, overworked teachers.
3: <laughs> that's probably pretty easy to pull off. I don't know, 123, I don't know, that seems a little suspicious. I
1: think it's made up. <laughs>
0: um well folks let me know where do you stand on kids getting weighed at school uh did you have to experience the shame the way i did um did they use what are they called clippers no they're called what the the thing that they put on your arm the bmi things i don't remember those are called. pinchers Pin, pinchers? Like that. that doesn't sound right, but something like that. Were, they, were you pinched in the arm um, with those thingies? Let me know. Uh, and and sorry to re traumatize you. All right, folks, that is the end of the show. And I am so grateful for you both to be on. You're both so lovely. Um, even you, Todd. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Oh my God. Um, what I would really oh want, love is for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things you do. Todd, you're on tour. Tell them how you find out. Tell them some upcoming cities. I want them to come uh, see you.
3: April 14th, I'll be in Santa Fe. April 21st, I'll be in Beacon, New York. This is all over the place. Ooh. And then to really make things crazy. May, May 22nd, 23rd, I'll be in Reykjavik, Iceland. What?
0: Uh, Wild. Yeah. I didn't even know there was like a comedy scene there.
3: Well based on ticket sales there might not
0: be <laughs> <laughs> hey iceland uh-huh. listener <laughs> get out there
3: and go see todd. but i'm on all i'm on i'm on twitter and instagram just with my name and uh yeah todd
2: and ivy lee where do they find you You can find me on pretty much all social media, Ivy Lee with one E, and I actually spell it out, I-V-Y-L-E-W-I-T-H-O-N-E-E, like the whole phrase spelled out, because I'm from the AOL era where we we had a lot of screen names that we regretted, so I'm like, the spelling of my name will not change. That's what the handle's going to be. I absolutely would love it if folks would listen to my nature comedy documentary show, Fogo, Fear of Going Outside, and I play a lot of comedy festivals I'm going to be featuring uh, soon at Liza. Estrada all-women's comedy festival here in Austin, Texas. I'll be in New York next month and I put all my dates on my Instagram.
0: Folks, follow these people See them perform live uh, Subscribe to their podcast Do what you gotta do They're so phenomenal And you know where to find me And all the things that I do Um, Don't forget the Succession podcast Is now live Uh, You should have gotten your episode In the feed on Monday And there will be a new Succession recap pod Every Monday With um, special guest Danielle Derschlag Who is our resident wealth expert Because she grew up um, as an heir to a fortune So it's uh, very interesting to hear her thoughts on succession and the billionaires therein um and we will also be having other special guests that are going to weigh in uh on billionaire shenanigans throughout the season and i should
3: point out that uh mm-hmm. i'm a billionaire so there's all this kind of above <laughs> me out,
0: all <laughs> Todd is our uh- did you think
3: i wasn't a billionaire
0: our, uh yes, um, you you get the small coffee to save money, and you, but you're you're that that's how you become a billionaire, saving money, but twenty cent by twenty <laughs> that's cent. How we do it? Um, and folks, uh, I would love to thank the the people that make this show a possibility. That's our wonderful producer Andrew McGuire, our fantastic. Um, theme music was written by Gaby Alter. Thanks to everyone at Headgum for making this show a possibility. And send us your emails at FakeTheNationPodcast at gmail.com Uh All of your ideas. Guest ideas, pan, um, topic ideas, whatever you got. And otherwise, we will be back in your earballs next week.
1: That was a headgum podcast.